0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. Old by law. 18 plus. and conditions apply. See
2: website for details. Even at thirty thousand feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. BTW revoid prohibited by law, See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Broken records, the
2: albums you wouldn't shut up about. Broken records, the music our guests can't live without. Like Judy, Barbara, Liza, Bet, Daddy, Audra, Bernadette. We. we broadcast this podcast with hopes that someday we might get Patty LaPorte broken record broken record broken record broken record broken record Welcome to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World I'm Ben Rimmelauer, and I'm here with my lovely co
0: host, Daniel Nolan. Hey, y'all! Today's guest is four time Tony winning lighting designer Kevin Adams, here to talk about the Jesus Christ Superstar soundtrack. Kevin won Tony
2: Awards for his lighting design for Hedwig and the Angry Inch, American Idiot, The 39 Steps, and
0: Spring Awakening. He was also nominated... Four more times. Yes, four more times, bringing his total number of Tony noms to eight for the Share show, SpongeBob SquarePants, Hair, and Next to Normal.
2: Basically, every show with any rock and roll edge to it, Kevin shot his light all over it. Ooh, yes. sprayed
0: his light. Aimed his instrument. <laughs> Speaking of rock and roll, Kevin is going to chat with us about the movie soundtrack to Jesus Christ Superstar. Can we talk about how sexy that movie is? Oh, I've actually... You're gonna hate me. I've actually never seen it. How is that possible? It's my one connection to Christianity. (laughs) I feel like when I went on uh, Amazon to watch it, it, like, wasn't available or, like only available to Poitras? Well, they constantly try to redirect you to, like, these,
2: like, endless weird, like, concert versions dressed up to look like Rent from various decades. Uh, uh-huh. But I want that movie. Norman Jewison directed it, who also directed... Norman R- <laughs> Jewison. He also... <laughs> sorry. Directed, I'm sorry, you it's funny. Um... <laughs> I think Christ is a funny name. <laughs> um, he directed Fiddler on the Roof, which uh-huh. won the Oscar for Best Picture. I think just bad. like two that. or th- <laughs> at that name? No, uh-huh. um, just like two or three years earlier, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And um, but Jesus Christ Superstar was kind of like you know a flop. Or mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if it was a flop. It was very um, uh, poorly reviewed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in fairness, the show had not been well reviewed either. But the show was a big hit. Um, actually, I don't think the show was a big hit on Broadway. The show was like a big hit in London. The album was such a huge hit that the show just kept having a life. There was like a stadium tour in the United States. Oh, I mean, why? it has always been very uh, much, you know, uh, its presentation style has overlapped mm-hmm. with um, rock and roll stuff, not sure. just limited to theater stuff. Uh, but the Broadway production was directed by Tom O'Horgan, who directed um, Hair famously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, but but the movie is so hot because it's like anachronistic. Yeah, but it's, like, it, they're basically, like, hippies in the 70s mm-hmm. putting on the story oh, of Jesus. Yeah, like, like it starts with, like, a, like, is it a VW bus? No, but, like, a nineteen you know sixties mm-hmm, mm-hmm. old school bus mm-hmm. with, like, you know, hippie, like, graffiti and yeah, peace signs yeah. all over it. If I recall, it might not have the peace signs. But driving up the mountains in Israel, it's filmed on the most beautiful wow. locations. And the entire cast is in it. There's a crucifix strapped to the top
0: along with all the luggage. Is Jesus like the like the leader of the tribe?
2: Well, he is in the storyline, obviously, but no, there's they don't it's, they don't they don't they don't add anything to the text of the original show. Mm-hmm. It's just that you just of the overture plays, you see mm-hmm. them driving mm-hmm. up and then getting off the bus and going to spread out for their locations for their scenes, uh-huh. and then the last one you see after everybody else has dispersed is Judas, who sings his amazing opening right. number, having on so their own. So Which, and the way it's shot, I mean, forget Julie Andrews and the Alps. This opening number of Judas and whatever those mountains Uh in Israel are called. Climb um, that mountain. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, Carl Anderson is so sexy as Judas. I mean, just like, in addition to the whatever trouser snake he's got going on downstairs. <laughs> his neck, when he's, like, belting out, screaming those, like, oh, rock my. notes. His, like, his I've never heard central you part of his uh,
0: throat. react so strongly to a man's neck. Who <laughs> knew you were a neck
2: man? Carl Anderson's my original neck. No, but the one I'm really <laughs> in love with is Jeff Fenholt as Jesus.
0: Okay. Um,
2: and, um, wait, is it Jeff Fen- Fenholt? Okay. Carl Anderson and... Oh, fuck, I have to look this up. Oh, we had an intern. But he's... See, where's... We need, we need a... Um, Oh, my phone is off. Lord have mercy.
0: Um, While you're looking that up, give me context yeah. for uh, JCS. Where was it in the rollout of Andrew Weber Webber musicals?
2: Second, and in a way, you Avida. could say it w- before Evita. Wait, who, who, first was Bush Joseph was? and the Amazing Technicolor uh, uh, Dreamcoat, oh, oh, oh. and honestly, you could say Jesus Christ Superstars first because Joseph didn't go to Broadway mm-hmm. until the early '80s. It had just been. Like, it started in the '60s, right? In like British. Like elementary schools, it was like written for like a pageant. <laughs> oh, that was like twenty cute. minutes long. They kept expanding it. Then it yeah. went to the West End. I mean, it started to have more and more of like a big time life. Mm-hmm. But Jesus Christ Superstars were what really uh, put them on the map. Mm-hmm. No, Ted Neely, not Jeff. Of course, Ted Neely. Ted Neely. Ted, Ted Neely. Neely. I'm so sorry, Ted Neely. Jeff Fenhalk was the original Jesus on Broadway, opposite um, Ben Vereen as Judas. Oh, when he, was, um, when he was
0: dating Liza, but. Mm-hmm. Um, um, oh or God, maybe, maybe Pippin is, is
2: when he was dating Liza. Do you
0: imagine Liza. Liza as Mary Magdalene? <laughs> well, it's a funny thing you
2: say <laughs> that because there was actually talk. You know, Norman called me Norman Jewish. <laughs> I mean, I literally just sound like Christine Petty on a bad day. It's
0: <laughs> but not, it's still good, uh, though. It makes thanks, not, thank
2: you. I, uh, well, you know, one of my favorite party tricks is Liza doing um, Gethsemane from Jesus Christ. Do it, do it. I <laughs> want to see if there is. Because you have to be in the basement to yeah, start yeah, off. Yeah, you know, yeah. c- because, Jalen, I've got to keep the key low so I can really belt. <laughs> of of course. Course I, like, to I have to know, I have to know, my God, why <laughs> I sure die. would
0: I be more noticed
2: than I ever was
0: before? This is so good. Oh, um, I want to see it. Oh, I, w- I wish we could write into Liza on her Instagram. Maybe we can and like request numbers that she could perform live. Honestly, I
2: don't have that much confidence. Like Liza looks at her Instagram. Well, I mean, let Michael alone Feinstein the messages. Let her. alone the like request for like a
0: message from a challenger. That's yeah, true. That's true. But you know what? Prove me wrong. You know what? Speaking of request, I think what we should do maybe in season two of the pod is uh, send out. Um, a call to arms, is that what you call it? To our listeners to send in Dolly Concert Kills. Yes, with, for us. to the shore. To, uh, you know, work through on the pod. And each week we can uh, take requests and, and uh, you know, do our thing. Dolly Concert Kills. Oh. So, listeners, uh, email us. I will insert the email here. pod at gmail.com. Should we make any rules? Um, Like... Should we continue to allow people to use dead
2: people? Yes. How about if there's a dead person, they all have to be dead? Because otherwise it's such an easy kill. Although I have found for your generation that's not an
0: (laughs) It's not an issue. Huh.
2: Like, older people are like, well, I don't want to kill Lorna.
0: Yeah, millennials are Well, right. nobody says that. But you know,
2: <laughs> they're, like, they're like, I don't want to kill Judy
0: Kuhn, you know? Right, right. Sorry,
2: doll. <laughs> Knocked over the microphone. Um, I'm a little too excited
0: about Judy Kuhn. <gasps> yeah, always. I'm so excited. Um, wait. What were we talking... Oh, so yeah. I think... I don't think it matters. I mean, we yeah. want to be able to put Judy, Liza, and Barbara in the same... Wait, Judy Kuhn? Or Judy Garland, you know. All the Judys. Judy Kuhn, Judy 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 Garland, Judy Day, Judy Dench,
2: Judy Judy Collins. (laughs) Judy um, Judy Davis. Yeah. uh, Judy McLean, who was a replacement in Mamma Mia and starred in the Paper Mill Playhouse of Vita. Oh, wonderful. Full circle. Full full circle. And the Paper Mill Playhouse, Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh my God. Opposite, I want to say Billy Porter. Maybe it wasn't Paper Mill. Some, I believe there was a production where Billy
0: Porter was Judas and Judy McLean was Mary Magdalene. Wonderful. Hmm. I would love to see Billy Porter as Dolly. <laughs> I know we're not going there, but anyway. Um, yeah, so send in requests, listeners. Yes, yes, yes. Okay,
2: what else can we discuss? Well, um, do you want to have anything,
0: uh, do you want to say anything about Kevin Adams while he's not in the room? Um. No. Cool. He's a lovely monkey. Oh, should we talk about The Inheritance?
2: Yes, Queen.
0: Well, <laughs> we saw... Um, let's the,
2: inheritance. the Inheritance.
0: Inheritance. Okay, <laughs> so, wait, let's do it again. We, we saw, saw The inheritance. inheritance. Parts one and two in the same day. Marathon. Marathon. Uh, Wednesday. Marathon. Matinee. Marathon. And uh seven pm show. Almost a year, it's three hundred and sixty-four days that's right. since we saw a London. marathon
2: mm-hmm. of the production in London with the uh, same cast except no for card, yeah, right. uh, Vanessa Redgrave played the part on Broadway that's played in London this Although not I feel like some of Redgrave. those little like secondary Oh who are can different? say? They don't even know. There's so many of those those people. Well, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean I loved it in London so much. Same. I totally, totally, totally loved it. But I was surprised by how little I remembered when I sat down to watch it yesterday. <laughs> and I was not surprised, but I was gratified by how deeply I mm-hmm. enjoyed it Same. and how moved I was. I mean, just the, I was so riveted, hanging on every word, and um, was just. Crying on and off, really mm-hmm. nonstop. I mean, yeah, throughout that whole, the whole seven plans. hours, you mm-hmm. know. And I mean, there's only been a few shows I've experienced like this. The others would be Augustus Sage County and Angels yes, in America. one hundred percent. And um uh, I I was trying to think of a funny punchline of another show that felt long, but that actually wasn't long. I, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they. Uh, that I, um, but you know where, where they were seven hours long and they flew by because I was yeah, just yeah. so gripped. It really did and this seem... is really
0: like that. Well, and I was like, should I see it again? Because um, you know, seven hours is such a commitment. But like you said, I'm so glad I did because I really, really, even more than when I saw it a year ago with you, I really took the journey and really got it this time. And I think there is something – there was something special about seeing it in New York because there are so many New York references. It takes place in New York, among other places like Fire Island. Um, And, you know, I mean, they just dropped so many references – uh, and it's all New York. Apparently, us. we are we were talking to um, uh, our friend uh, Christopher, who
2: uh, works on the show, who's mm-hmm. the uh, wig and hair designer. Right. And um, he said that I guess they've added back Matthew Lopez, the playwright, added back a bunch of New York references that he had actually cut from the London production mm-hmm. because they would have gone over people's heads. Um, uh, I don't. I couldn't tell you which they were, but I. But. But, but even just the, the milieu of it, regardless of the references, it's just you know it is a story about um, well, it's about so much, but the, the story focuses on a group of gay men, mm-hmm. mostly in New York City, and um, it, it really feels like it's the you know it's on home turf and, right. and it was such an amazing experience in the audience. Um, mm-hmm. It felt like people were well first of all, so many people were crying um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, Although still not as many tears, I must say, as in Dear Evan Hansen, where oh yes, it was like an Italian wedding, yes. Italian funeral, <laughs> probably the same, same thing. But um, um, but all, but more than that, even it just you know, I there was such a sense of camaraderie in the audience, and yeah. I don't just mean the gay men. Like I just felt like you know, normally in Broadway audiences, you know, you're pushing your way up the aisle right, and like right. knocking over old ladies and like, cursing right. at people and like stepping on their shoes and scarves mm-hmm. and things. Um, At least that's how I behave Um, (laughs) when you're trying to get out doing your mission. Don't get in my way. I gotta be. But um, but it really wasn't like that. There was such a sense of just like us as a community, and um, even before the uh, script shamed us into doing that, (laughs) like connect bit. Yeah, no, like really from the beginning, it just felt like this play has an incredible uh energy that that pervades the spirits of all uh. In, in its vicinity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, I, I I I want my family to see it. I feel yeah. like, um, uh, although interestingly, the parts about people's biological families mm-hmm. um, were the, my least favorite parts. Like, yeah. I was to me, it, I was so. But maybe that's just because I do relate so much to the found family of the relationships between the gay men. So right. I, I do. But we
0: never, we never saw. Anyone's parents, right? Well, um, what's her name? Margaret, uh, played by Lois
2: Smith, is, right. is, is the guy that uh, died's mother. And she talks about her relationship with him. That's true. But And we, yeah. Toby, like the playwright character, he uh, talks about his childhood finally. Right. And... But we never see their parents, I guess. No, we never I see guess. them, yeah. yeah. But I guess I just, like, I, I don't know if for some reason those things felt kind of um, less crucial to me yeah. in what I was like invested
0: in but, mm-hmm. but it's just so sprawling it is very about Chosen Family for sure yeah anyway okay well let's talk to Kevin Adams let's broken record,
1: broken record, broken record. Um, I found these at an army what at a like you know one of those places there see like a, I would yeah, have yeah, guessed yeah. on you. Salvation Army on... or something um, I wear that stuff too see? Come to go I'm wearing like come to go somewhere. or like uh, you know Central New York Hunting stuff. Hunting?
0: <laughs> Are you a, an outdoorsman?
1: Uh, I spend a huge amount of time outdoors in the mm-hmm. summer. I'm work working in my yard. But no, I'm uh, no, like I don't do other stuff.
0: Yeah. I grew up um, in Oklahoma, so all my Where in Oklahoma? Uh, like central, like Oklahoma City area. I grew up oh, yeah. in a small town, Guthrie, I'm north of Oklahoma. born near
1: Amarillo, so that's oh, yeah. like um, not you know, right over
0: the Amarillo, Texas.
1: In Pampa, next to Amarillo. Oh, Pampa, okay. like the Pampas in South America. P-A-M-P-A. But they call oh. it Pampa. But that's Pampa.
0: Pampa. Well, <laughs> yeah, my, my dad and so many of the boys I grew up with are all hunter hunters and fishermen. Oh, so boy, That was, they... like, all around my house. <laughs> Those like boys. Non-ironically, boys. like, that was true. Yeah, like.
1: you know, I grew up with uh, my father and all my cousins. And
2: but my that's family. all far behind you. You and moved to New York and you <laughs> became a star. A star, honey. What, what do we start? Yeah, yeah. We're trying to be more Daniel. Yeah, hi. <laughs> We've been talking the whole time. Daniel thinks we should just keep it rolling. Um, yeah, it's more uh, organic. Probably a you good know. thing to do. So, but we will introduce the fabulous four-time Tony Award winner Kevin Adams, <laughs> the, the most the most rock and roll cool lighting designer in theater history. <laughs> yes, I, yes, you can't disagree with sure. that. <laughs> yes. Um, now I know from Amarillo, Texas, Pampa. Pampa, Texas. Texas. Uh, Outside of you know,
1: we only lived there a minute. And then we. my father was a high school football coach in Texas. Oh, fascinating. And we lived all over the state. So I
2: lived Is there that, that like state. being in, in, like, the Army where you have to move around? Yeah. Well, like Friday Night Lights. He moved from mm-hmm. different
1: schools. That's exactly yeah, what actually, it was like. Yeah. You'd like win, Friday Night Lights? Yeah, yeah. You'd win a season and lose. Then you'd move. Or you'd win and win and then move up. So every every coach is moving, like, every two years. Wow, high school football. mm what division was it? Was it like five A? We'd 5A? move up, so we started in little towns like um, I don't know, but we worked our way up to three A or four. We worked our <laughs> way up to three. You felt or part 4A. of it. Yeah, the family's standing in the. I community. grew up in the field house. I was an only child, oh. and I, I grew up in the. I mean, literally, I from the, I can remember I was in field houses. Were you to, like? Were you into theater, too theater and too stuff old then? To be there. <laughs> I saw. So many
0: naked. Teenagers. Oh, damn! So, <laughs> oh
1: my God, hundreds
0: and hundreds. Oh my God, um, so you developed your taste.
1: Was I what? Did I? Were you like, like what?
0: into theater then? Like, were you like secret? Were you? Were you, watching, were you a yeah, city? there was. Like, there My boy? parents
1: both taught, and there was a production of Oliver, and all the girls thought, "Oh my God, you look like Mark Lester, and you're so cute." And I was like, "Oh, that's really cool to get that attention." How old were you? Uh, that was like I was like seven and eight, but. Um, the games I didn't like, but halftime I would get. I was oh, yeah, just such honey. a sissy. Half-time I would get up and like march. I would march <laughs> just him standing in place. Uh, yeah, I love the times. Was that
2: I would think like a sissy boy with this like big like like
1: alpha dad football coach? Were you like frowned upon? No, but it was like I was from Mars. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know how they made you know what they made of me. The boy was, who fell to earth. Yeah, and I was the only child they had, and. You know, I spent all my time with the TV. Mm-hmm. And, but my mother had, like, um, 60s. She had the Barbra Streisand albums, and she would play those over. Oh, she yes, had Judy honey. at Carnegie Hall. Oh, yeah. Were you into those? Oh, my God. Yeah, eventually I, mean, I that would... That is gold. Right? Yeah, eventually... I would want to let. I would say like, let's play that. The yeah. brainwashing was complete. <laughs> mm. So she she was partly responsible. I'm going to
2: say that yes. the album you chose for the, for our theme, uh, yes. as much as we still have it, yes. is uh, Jesus Christ Superstar movie soundtrack. The soundtrack amazing. Now that that's years later
1: though, right? uh, seventy two. So my we were like the first. Th- we had soundtracks like the Music Man. We had a lot of mm-hmm. soundtracks Music Man, Puffin' and Stuff, and stuff like that. But I listened to a lot, and Buddy Hackett albums. We were in the eight track month, Columbia eight track you know, of the month club. Oh, I Michael, Michael talked Munster about was, the, the yeah. record of the month. Club. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We that, had yeah. the eight track tapes that could only play in My Mother's Car and Hair. Gimme, with hair.
2: Long, beautiful hair. Shining, gleaming, oh. streaming, flax and wax. Gimme down the fair hair baby mama
1: everywhere daddy daddy and I, I just love yeah. those songs I was uh, in third grade. I don't know what those words. you know it's sodomy man yeah so many, even like, yeah. you're the motherfucking it I was like, yeah. I, I would sing along with all that. I didn't know what it meant. And you're, and your so parents your parents like, were hip. Your mom was hip. They were teachers. They were like liberal. Oh, that's cool. Texas Democrats. I don't know if they liberal, but they were pretty wild people. They were Texans. So, uh, Hair was, I just thought was amazing when I was a kid. And that, but then you were in high school. No, this, I'm still like in third and fourth grade. I'm and then in sixth baby. grade in 1972. Three Jesus Christ Superstar came out. My parents used to drop me off at the movies all the time. And on like a Monday night, and movies theaters were far away because they now there's like one every block, but you right. had to like travel mm-hmm. and they dropped me off the movie theater and I saw Jesus Christ Superstar. And I just thought, like, what is this? And the next night somehow they dropped me off again. I saw it two nights in a row. Did you the, f- the first time? Did you know what you were getting into at all? I was trying to remember today. I kind of remember like a commercial for it, but I don't think they. You know that how song they, was on the radio, right? Like the title song. That right? I don't remember because I listened to easy listening <laughs>
0: station wow. like day and night. When yeah, you're too gay for on. Jesus Christ Superstar, you really I love niche.
1: easy listening. I, l- I have it on all night long.
0: Oh yeah, so do i do it you. Just
1: uh, the radio.
0: Well, just like I mean, I'm always listening to like female vocalists and uh, Dionne Warwick, Roberta Flack,
1: literally music. Yeah, oh yeah. With one man, would talk very like like this occasionally. but what? No, this no. I, I think there was an ad, but like a lot of musicals, they hide the fact that it's a musical, so right. they just mm-hmm. show images. But I, so you knew it had Jesus in the title, yeah, which was a turn off. right? But it looked crazy. But it was like, and that was probably the thing there was to see. I don't remember. Wait, like, it looked I've what? Got it go, looked crazy. Yeah, it was probably it looked crazy. I mean, crazy. Uh, it looked kind of weird and wild and. Uh, I, that was probably the option of the movie to see. There were only two right. the theaters. So, so. the one was like yeah, – yeah, yeah, and I went back instance. the next night and I just remember that. And then I found the album soon after and then it like really set in. Like I just wore that album.
0: I mean I literally wore it out. You, I played you it. You bought it on uh, – did you buy it on vinyl it or – eight? vinyl. Like I had a
1: record player where I play my Bambi soundtrack <laughs> and like that. But and uh, took over. Oh my god, that huge orchestra and those guitars and oh, those yeah. rock vocals and Barry Denon. And it was just I will play that album for years and then I got into high school, I got into theater and we would have parties where we'd sing those songs at yeah. each other
2: in, so in which, Greece which, and which which
1: were you a Jesus
2: a Judas? I'm
1: everyone kidding. wanted to sing Judas. Judas was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was such a fun part to sing. Nazareth, your famous son, should have stayed
2: a greater known like his father. Carving would he'd have made good tables, chairs, and oaken chests would have suited Jesus best. He'd have caused nobody harm, no one alarm. Listen, Jesus, do you care for your race? Don't you see we must keep in our place? We are occupied. Have you forgotten how particular?
1: And I always liked the Barry in parts, too.
0: I dreamed I met a Galilean A most amazing man He had that look You very rarely find The haunting, haunted kind
1: I asked him to say what had happened
0: how it all began. I asked again.
1: He never said a word, as if he hadn't heard. But they were—they were all amazing parts. Not yeah. King Harrod. You weren't. No, that was—that was always. I found a little not quite not, not offensive. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's let it all that out. Song. Yeah. Um, and when I worked with Barry Dunn, I worked at The Taper in the 80s, Mark Taper Forum. And yeah, Barry sure. was in a show, and I was like, I just rushed What over. show did he do in the 80s? It was a show called Ghetto. Ghetto. That uh, Andrea Marcovici was in, and who else was in that? It was a huge cast. This is like a pre-Broadway, like, flop musical I think it is it wasn't It was a play that Gordon Davison directed. I worked at The Taper for a year. We did the first production of Burn This, and that's where I met John Cameron Mitchell in mm-hmm. and... I got a lot of friends. What, so, uh, were you like in-house lighting designer at the paper? No, I was a set designer. I uh, in high school, I designed scenery. I went to the University of Texas and I studied set design. I was a very dedicated mm-hmm. set designer. How did I you w- get to that from being the little I'm boy? You it was, but how did you start? Oh, when you were acting in like uh, Oliver. Oh, well. I wasn't in Oliver. I just like people said you looked. I was like, oh, oh, that's really that. cool. Uh-huh. I wasn't in it. But in high school, I wasn't. Well, right after Jesus Christ Superstar, Ken Russell's Tommy came out. He's a So that was like another. Mm-hmm. There were like three sort of pop rock musicals that really just like set, set into. Jesus Christ, is our Tommy and uh, Hair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I knew those really well. Well, I was- and for a young person, they were really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for an eleven year old, for a teenager. And- when I was listening
0: to Jesus Christ Superstar the other day, I was thinking it's so. There's so many similarities to Hair, you know. And it was it's right around that same.
1: Yeah, it's pop rock and, era, and uh, everything was influenced by Hair, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and in high school, I was in plays. I really wanted to be in play. I was in plays, and I had a high school teacher who very. I was in the like Good Doctor and King Lear and. So not the musicals. You were a serious actor. Scapino. Uh, whatever we did, I would try to be in. Nah. It was El Gale, fantastic. Oh, the fantastic, yes. the Oh my god! So, um, <laughs> he very gently <laughs> uh, guided me over to set design. Mm-hmm. Which, was visual art
2: another thing that you were into? Uh,
1: yeah. I used to, because um, I was only child, I found a lot of ways to entertain myself. Mm-hmm. I had these little cabinets, built-in cabinets, and at the top, I made these little installations that I would change every few weeks. Huh. And I think if I had known what window design was, that really is what I am and what I would have done. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what I was really training myself to be and I didn't really know that was a thing two years later and when I see it I so respond to it. Mm-hmm. Do you go every year to like Saks Fifth Avenue and see? Yes yeah yeah but even designs about window design like I, I just like oh my god that's such amazing design um, but I didn't know about it so but he I started designing sets and uh, and I did lighting for but I really had no interest in lighting and I was very dedicated set designer like I said and Went to University of Texas and got my BFA. Then I went to Cal Arts, California oh, Institute sure, yeah. of the Arts, for two years and got my MFA in set design. And uh, also, I uh, studied production design for film. And it was 1984, and I really moved to LA because I thought I wanted to work in music videos because mm-hmm. MTV was new. That was blah, the big blah, deal. Blah, yeah, yeah. Did you? Did you? Dip your toes in that world. Yeah, I moved from Valencia, where Cal Arts is, north of Hollywood, north of uh, L.A. I moved into Hollywood. Valencia for ten... was that Magic Mountain. Yeah, that was across <laughs> the street from us. There was nothing out there then, but that and a bunch of stuntmen. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was uh, nothing. Uh, and I lived in Hollywood for ten years in my twenties and early thirties, and I worked in film as a production designer and art director. I did dressed a lot of sets and props and drafted. And I was doing scenery for theater. Mm -hmm. And I was going to museums a lot and looking at uh, light and space Mm -hmm. exhibitions that were in all the museums, permanent collections. And I started lighting my own sets using these ideas I was seeing in museum exhibitions. And immediately the phone started ringing with these really interesting directors and designers and performance artists. There was a huge performance. This is um, ninety like to ninety four kind of like era. and was around, but like uh, John Fleck was my boyfriend, and I performed with him. But he, I started working lighting his shows. And rate uh, this woman, Rachel Rosenthal. She was amazing. I worked with her for years, and we had all – scales of shows we would take all over the world and that's kind of how i learned to light Mm -hmm. Uh, but oscar eustis was in la then the the eureka no the eureka theater in san francisco he came down and was at the taper for a few years oh right that was
2: angels yeah they did the first part of
1: angels there i mean that's such an artistic
2: kind of a life for like you don't think of people in la working in in film being that's such the way that's such an artsy life you were building for yourself at that point. Well, I was doing a
1: lot. I was making videos and photographs, and I was a go-go dancer. I was doing a Where were you stuff. go-go dancing? Oh. I was, uh, this was like 87 or so, at these sort of mixed clubs. They were sort of straight mixed clubs, and I, it was the funnest job I ever had. I uh, was up in a cage, up on a platform. And straight mixed clubs. Yeah, it was mostly like uh, these straight guys. I didn't understand. Um, Would you mm-hmm. be the only boy dancer? Um, no, there were boys and girls. And I looked – I had hair down on my ass and mm-hmm. I didn't wave very much because I was young. And um, I looked like a tough chick. I had, I had this black T-shirt and I cut the sleeves off. Then I cut the oh, midriff and then – I put the midriff down around my waist and I sewed it so it would be a little tighter so it was like a little tube skirt. Oh and God. I had black cowboy boots. And I, lo- I was a really good go-go dancer. Oh, wow. Because I remember I- hearing um, Bette Midler and Goldie Hawn talk about their... They loved their go-go experiences too. And the I think they both danced in Times Square in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. But they used to talk about it. And I love looking in movies at go-go girls. And I, I was like... I would just give the people I was dancing for the coldest shoulder. I would <laughs> that was very removed from it all. And I was a really good dancer. And there were these boys, um, these men. I didn't understand chicks with dicks till you know five minutes ago. <laughs> and these straight guys would just stand there and stare at me all night long. I mean, for hours. And no makeup or anything like that. No, no. I I might put a little eyeliner on. Long blonde hair, black, 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 black boots. Black. No, I don't think I put makeup on, but I move like a. I move. I was very androgynous, and I moved mm-hmm. like a. I was very slinky, I'll mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one night, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster never went out to clubs. But she was out and I saw this uh, woman watching me for a long time and you'd dance for hours. You wouldn't get a break. And my friends were there and afterward I said like, wasn't that – and they were like, yeah, Jodie Foster. She stood and watched you the entire night. She thought you were a woman. (laughs) I think she was just fascinated. I had a really good act. And she had a really good ass. I had, her, I, had <laughs> I did, and do have been, 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 been <laughs> awesome big dance uh-huh. Integral um, part of the act. Yeah, I had, but yeah, no, no. She, I had a really good act. I was really good. I, I mean,
2: loved it. Did you want to translate that to the next level to do? <laughs> what would that be? Look, es- escort, chorus boy. Or- <laughs> yes, and to, I don't know to do like your own performance that's a, art piece. That's you know, a Dave Kopay. Jet- <laughs> uh
1: to do my own. No, I mean I was dancing with performance artists some, but I was like uh, uh, not shy. But I love dance. I love I love doing that. I wasn't shy when I did that. It's great. No, I got busy with doing all these other things and uh, started lighting and I was always working film because it paid a lot of money. Then you could mm-hmm. go on unemployment and do theater. Did just. you just teach yourself lighting design? Yes, I did. Wow. I just like I would be in my Hollywood apartment talking about lighting all day and I'd hang up the phone on the phone. I'd hang up the phone and go like, I cannot believe I'm talking about lighting every day <laughs> and it's going for weeks and months and then eventually years and Still occasionally. Like I just did an opera at the ENO, Marnie, and oh. when it was done I left and I remember walking through and saying, like, I can't believe I know how to do that and it looked really good. Like That's kind of awesome. Like, it still hits me occasionally, like, how did you learn how to do this? But I just, I completely taught myself how to do it. Well, you, for the years of doing set
2: design and working with lighting designers, you must have It's picture making.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's picture making, Mm -hmm. and I was a fine set designer. But I, picture making, I understood. But it was all theatrical lighting, performance lighting, not film lighting. I, before I left L.A., I lit... A, I did a lot of music videos. So there was a job to light a Janet Jackson music video, and it's a company I had worked with a lot. And uh, I went in, and I was very comfortable. I mean, that was the golden era of music videos, right? I mean, yeah. 80s and 90s. I had, uh, meatloaf and uh, Arsenio. Everyone everyone had an album. Everyone got money to make a music video. Arsenio Hall. I worked with Debbie Allen a few times. Uh, but the Roach, what are they called? The Roach Sisters? The Roaches? um yeah, all kinds of interesting artists, and then um, that's
2: around the time when you did um, "Without You, I'm Nothing."
1: Yeah, in '89, that's really the only feature that I worked on. I did. We did a lot. I did worked on a, a lot of music. was a lot of. Um, high-end commercials like Apple and Bose and Mm -hmm. stuff. But anyway, the only feature I did was uh, Without You Have Nothing. And who brought you into that? I was the art director and this fellow I worked with in theater a lot, Kevin Rupnick, was the production designer. Mm -hmm. And he designed a few elements and he was working on something somewhere and I was the person and I was on set and I was the head of everything. I mean, that's a a very art-directed movie. I mean, it's not... yeah, the we had all Direction
2: these sh- makes that movie. Yeah, though.
1: we had all these pieces, and we'd kind of figure out what we were going to shoot the next day, and we'd make these little installations out of those pieces. And Kevin had kind of set us on course with some of these things. But mostly it was like we determined, like, the scale. Every day we shot in the Coconut Grove for two weeks at the uh, Ambassador Hotel. In in Miami? And no, the Ambassador Hotel was on Wilshire. Oh, It's oh. been turned into a big school, but it was with, where RFK was shot. Right, um, Pretty Woman had just shot there. A lot of films were shooting there mm-hmm. for years. And um, we – anyway, we were there two weeks and blah, blah, blah. But it was – Had you been a fan of that show or of Sandra's or – I was a huge fan. She was a huge star at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't see her show at the Orpheum Theater where I also saw Oleana and Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. But I did not see Before her Before Stomp show. took over for Yeah, yeah, ever. yeah. Uh, no, but a lot of my New York friends had, and I just heard and heard and heard about it, and, um, and that was thrilling. I was such a fan, and, uh, this fellow from CalArts was the director. Steve Anton. No, this guy, John Boscovich, was an artist, and he became her collaborator. He, they co-wrote the show. I think a lot of those things are from him, like the really intense, um, uh, camp things I think come from him perhaps like the
2: audience like rejecting her and stuff No like-
1: oh, lines like uh, he would tell her how to say things and I al- often thought that some of those lines were, were his lines because they co-wrote they wrote that show together oh right? the show was with him too yeah yeah he directed oh, that, that show and they were collaborators until they weren't mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh, and he passed away eventually but he lived in L.A., and then after that movie, he asked me to light a live show they did. And we did that at the Henry Fonda for a while, then over at the Madison Square Garden. And, but I was a big fan, and it was a great time. She, that was when she was friends with Madonna. Right. And Going on Letterman all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. That had just happened. And then she
2: was on Roseanne, I guess, like not long after that. Yeah,
1: that was a few years later, I believe. And so when when did you move to New York? Uh, wait, let me one more thing about without you on nothing. The for some reason the um the, one of the executive producers was Nick Rogue, Nicholas Rogue, the director and cinematographer. And he was on set most days with his wife, Teresa Russell. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what I don't know how he was helping them shoot the film. I think there were a lot of people who were making a film that had never made a film before, like John Voscovich. Mm-hmm. And he was just helping sort of guide that process a little bit. But And I still have the original script. I found it the other day. And there ah. were like, you know, Steve Anton and Lou Leonard and those people, there were little things for like Liza Minnelli and Teresa Russell and all these people who didn't. Was that yeah, movie just... expected to be a big kind of box
2: office thing? Was it a disappointment?
1: Well, uh, it was tricky. Um, it came out and it played around and it got really interesting reviews. The company that produced it out in the valley, which I think Nick Rugg was involved in, that company went bankrupt and that film was then tied up for years. It didn't come out on video for many, many years. And I think it kind of lost momentum because Mm, of that. mm. Uh, But finally, many years later, it finally came out on tape and I suppose it's out digital and all that. Yeah. But um, Yeah. I went to a party at Madonna's once and Sandra was there and John and I didn't know many other people, but so I gravitated over them. And it was, uh, right after we, the movie had come out and, um, I, uh, I really stuck my foot in my mouth. I said to Sandra, like, oh, I wish that movie would come out, which is like, not the thing you should say. And she's like, yes, darling, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a real Then we went, there were like 30 people there, Tony Ward and Herberts and my boyfriend and people, Rupert Everett. and uh, We went to her bedroom and sat on her bed and watched Truth or Dare for the, for like, no one had ever seen it before. Wow. It was like 15 of us. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Were you, were you a big fan of Madonna's? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, she, you couldn't, she was just a part of everything. And was she someone and I, that you knew 80. other than that party? Had you... Oh, yeah, everyone you, if you were gay, you listened to. I mean, you if you went outside your home, you listened to Madonna. No, but I mean, it was just as just a person. Like going to her party. Had- oh, no, 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 no. I mean, she then, yeah, the man I was seeing for a year was a friend of all these people in Hollywood, and he, she she would come over for a party with David Hogney and uh, people, Malcolm McLaren, people like that. Interesting people. I mean
2: I, I think of her as having such a bubble around her, like it was it's weird to hear about her just being like
1: some. This was like I, right before possibly. she was dating Tony Ward and she lived behind Tower Records in this not huge house. Then she moved into like a big sort of castle over near uh Griffith Park. So she got increasingly, hmm. you know, castleized, yeah. isolated, bubbleized, mm. <laughs> right? And, <laughs> lost her sense of humor, but anyway. <laughs> but she had a sense of humor then. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, she was a very nice. Uh, yeah, um, we used to play this game with Rupert Everett, and uh, and we, like, would you sleep with? Yeah, and this is gossip, and. Mm-hmm. Um, like, would you sleep with James Dean and Rebel Without a Cause? You know, you'd go around in a circle. And we were in her kitchen playing that, uh, leaning up against her refrigerator. And someone said, "Would you sleep with Warren Beatty and Splendor in the Grass?" And she said, "Unfortunately, I slept with him last year." Oh my god! Whatever. <laughs> um, uh, were you good friends with Rupert Everett? He was at the house a lot. This house of yeah. this man, and uh, they were very good friends. So Rupert was around a lot. There were all these Brits and mm. things. It was fun, Britishman, Britishman. So, so what? What? I, anyway, I, that I, was 1990. Yeah, and I got this NEA TCG fellowship to study lighting all around the country, and I was coming to New York, and I could see like, oh, there's a lot. There's you know, I'd go to the deli and there'd be people in the deli talking about theaters like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. Then to walk outside on the sidewalk, there'd be two more people talking about theaters like, oh. Well, and you, you had a good time in that thing at the taper the year that you That were- was cool. That was a long time before. Oh, oh. But, you know, live in L.A. and work then. Yeah. To live in L.A. and work in theater was like. It's like walking in L.A. Like, you just yeah. don't yeah. Do you would say mm-hmm. I work it in... It's th- kind of like that, isn't it? I'm not going to say it is. I think it's changed in different ways, mm-hmm. and it comes and goes, And uh, but I haven't lived there in many, many years. But you'd go to a party. All my friends were industry types, and you'd go to a party, and you'd say, I work in theater, and they'd all, like, scrunch up their face and say, like... Where, what theater? Oh. And then you'd say, "I work on beer commercials," and they would just light up, and that—that you know, <laughs> that they understood. <laughs> yeah, sure. And uh, there was just no. There were a few people to talk to theater about. There were, but uh, and then I go back to I'd leave New York and go back to L.A. and it's just like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. And finally, just like I've got to move to New York, and that was in '96, and mm-hmm. I was like 33 oh, or 34. Wow. I had done a lot of like regional theater work and Michael Greif brought me, very kindly brought me to La Jolla to work with Michael Mayer and, Mm -hmm. you know, I was doing things. I had done quite a few shows. I had done some shows with the public before I moved here. Mm -hmm. That's like George Wolfe era? uh, Yes. Like his first or second year. Some performance artists that I worked with in L.A. were doing shows with the public. I did a play with Moises before I came to New York. Everyone I knew in New York was moving – in L.A. was moving to New York at the mm-hmm. time, these directors and uh, designers, and so it was great. And I just hit the ground running. 96. Yeah.
0: And then the next year – May 1st. It was 97, Lion King, and that's when Broadway kind of
1: like – It was soon in, after. Right? 98, Lion King. Soon after I moved. I remember Rent going – Rent was 96. Yes, yeah, it sure okay, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It opened on Broadway the second after – a little after I got here. It was mm. down – I saw it down at the New York Theater. Yeah. Right. But um, I didn't have any job. I had some regional jobs. Mm -hmm. And I had an agent. I joined the union. And um, then I got – right after I moved here, I got this uh, two-part Shakespeare thing at the public. And Mm -hmm. so I was at the public forever. And I had done a lot of Shakespeare. And I got a Drama Desk Award. And then in 97 – like in 96, um, John Cameron Mitchell called – about Hedwig, John called and then David Binder. He said, someone's going to call you about this project. Um, and did you know them already? Um, I knew John. I met John at the Taper in '80. Oh, right, Burn This. Seven. That... I met him on February 22nd of 87, which was the day Andy Warhol died. Oh, my God. Wow. And we used to see each other in clubs in L.A. Mm-hmm. and at the March in D.C. We see each other sort of at funny places all the time. And so I – Did you know him. David, like, from Westbath? No. David called this guy. He's like, hello? Picks up on <laughs> the phone. I'm like, oh, my God. What is this? <laughs> and uh, he's a very good friend now. But uh, he uh, – yeah. And they were like, we've been asking who we should hire. And I dated a lot of drag queens. Mistress from Micah, someone I dated oh, and wow. lived with for a minute. And uh, and I worked with a lot of drag queens and Jackie B and Sherry Lyon. And oh, yeah. I love Mistress and. And mistress told John, like, oh, you have to hire Kevin. And uh, David had seen this thing I did at CSC. And I don't know, it's just a, you know, a fit, a good mm-hmm. fit. And then we did it at the West Beth, which I remember um, so little about, I have to say, um, except that it was sponsored by Alizé. And we were young and, like, schlubby, poor theater workers. And mm-hmm. Alizé would have all these free shots of Alizé on the bar before yeah. the show. Oh, and we'd wow. go over and suffer these (laughs) realizations i remember very little about it i remember a lot about jane street yeah about preparing Mm -hmm. for that and then i did lots of other productions okay so before we dive which we couldn't give tickets away to anyway yes before we dive
2: into the head like just to bring you back to the jesus christ superstar because it seems like such a realization of that Mm -hmm. yeah you know thing was did you work on any kind of Pop, rock, opera thingies marrying music and theater
1: like that in the years in between. Yeah, I always gravitated toward electric guitars and mm-hmm. theater. And I don't remember what those things would have been before Hedwig. I mean, Hedwig was just like such a turn on. You thing. never did Jesus Christ Superstar, did you? No, and it it would, um, I don't think I could, especially now because it's... I just—it's uh, it's means too much. No, it's not very good. I mean, it's good, but I've seen productions, and I just no one knows what to do with them. Right, I feel mm-hmm. even parts. Mm-hmm. Did you ever want to direct? Um... I don't know. I'm probably too lazy, but I don't know. <laughs> I I do. I'm I'm multi departmental in the shows I work mm-hmm. on. What's <laughs> <With laughs> the Barbara Streisand thing for us directing? Oh no, like Michael <laughs> right. helps me and I help him. Yeah, sure. Michael and I have done many, 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 many shows together. And good director, Michael like, Gray or Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer. We've been yeah. working together for
0: a few. Wait. Years. So speaking of Barbara and Barry Denon. Yeah. So I have. Yes, I do know. Please. So I know Barry Denon from all the stories about Barbara starting out, you yeah. know, in New York in the nightclubs and you correct, heard that correct. name Barry Denon because yes. he coached her well, he wrote a friend. Book about he wrote the book him. about he her. He wrote
1: a book and there's that other book about her early like her it goes up through leaving home. It's called Hello Gorgeous. It's an amazing book. Oh, yes. It yeah. details and I mean details. That's that's all nice. the way up to I think getting the job of making the movie of Funny Girl, yeah, yeah. So it goes through the closing of Funny Girl, but it's all that club stuff mm. and how she came to sing those songs and who introduced her to each of those songs and arranged those songs. And that's mm. a great book. And Barry is, just yeah, a I huge
0: amount. Of devoured that. that book, but did he ever tell you any of the other off the record?
1: No, I didn't right. know this. I didn't have access to those things then, and I all I only knew about him through that movie, and I would. Really didn't have much else to say, <laughs> but do, you said you that he was in that play
2: ghetto. He was in
1: a play ghetto. Was he ghetto. not walking
2: around bragging about Barbara Streisand and stuff? No, no,
1: no, no, no. I mean, because um, his book is kind I of mean, like
2: braggadocious. Like,
1: well, but, that's his. That was his. Um, I'm not going to say his claim to fame because he did a lot of things. Yeah, but that was a big part of his life, and mm-hmm. and on. I'm not going to get into that. And on her part, I believe the history was erased. So, yeah, sure. So, you know, he, mm-hmm. would, he was setting yeah. his record of all that straight. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people were interested, and, you know, I can't believe we are talking about Barry Denon, but... Right. There he, were a lot someone of, should. There were cute boys in ghetto that I was talking to gotcha. more than As well. Barry As well. Denon.
2: Yeah. <laughs> For the last time, I am not on Ozempic. I made one little joke on this podcast, and everybody started calling me out, texting me, calling me cringe, Whatever. I really was asked by people if I was on Ozempic, and as I told them, I am not. I am just eating factors, no prep, no mess meals, okay? Warmer, sunnier days are coming. Fire Island season is here. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors, fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Make today the day you can. Kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp and blackened salmon and kitchen time is kept to a minimum. They are ready in two minutes. No shopping, no prepping, no cooking, no cleanup. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or just simply to eat well balanced. Head to Factormeals.com slash GiantsInTheSky50 and use code GiantsInTheSky50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code GiantsInTheSky50 at Factormeals.com slash GiantsInTheSky50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. so okay well so then David Binder calls David and, Binder calls David Binder, excuse
1: me. and we did Hedwig like at, did you go see John at like CBGB's or any of that stuff or you, No, we um I, the first time we went to see Steven Trask we were doing the show come see Steven Trask and his band Cheater who was the they were the band for yeah. Hedwig at the Jane Street in West Beth and, and I think in LA too perhaps um no, we went to see the, – uh, the first time we went to CBGB was to see Trask at, um, his, in his band there. But no, I don't think I ever saw John. I certainly didn't see John do these early Hedwig things at, mm-hmm. um, at uh, Mistress's Club, that Friday mm-hmm. night, uh, Squeezebox. Mm-hmm. I went to Squeezebox mm-hmm. a lot, but I, that was like a, two seconds after John had done those things. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So so you guys do the show at the West Bath. You don't remember it that much. I don't much. remember a lot about it. We had like 15 dimmers, and John um, had this bubble wrap plastic dress that was really hot, and he would pop it, and that was really funny. And the show was a lot of what the show is now. Uh, but the show ended not with midnight radio, but it ended with a German and an English version of You Light Up My Life. Oh, interesting. And it was so thrilling because John—it's hard to tell from the album— John was a belter yeah he was a little boy with big lungs and he would belt those fucking songs and that you light up my life was just so thrilling it was such a fun great end of that show we couldn't get the rights we couldn't get the rights to you light up my life and we were panicked because we were gonna do the show the next year. It was like what? This was a, like a big like question mark. Like The what? next year at the Jane Street? Yeah. We were preparing we were looking David was finding all these interesting venues and we he and John and I we'd all pile into a cab and go look at various venues. Was that the three people, you you, David and John? Yeah, the director and producers would be in one car. And the other car was me and Binder and Stephen Trask (laughs) and John. We all had a very, 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 very good time on that show. And we would all – I must have looked really awesome then because I remember they were all flirting with me in the cab (laughs) and we'd look at firefighters out the window and it was very fun. It was a funny group. I mean, for so many of us, that show is so, you
2: know – Seminal, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, sure. it's one of the few things that brings together everything you love and everything that you think you're supposed to love and respect, you know, it's just all the levels. True. So were, were you in plugged into that moment being like, this is so a major. I a loved
1: major. the show. Yeah. A lot of shows I do. I, I usually don't do a show if I don't like the music mm-hmm. or something about it or the people, but there are shows that I get offered where I just cannot, I cannot access the music And as a designer or someone who works on a show, you have to listen to those songs over and Mm -hmm. over and over and over and over. And if I can't get into the songs, I just – I can't live – I don't know how to do the show. I just can't live those songs. Uh, But I loved that show and I loved watching – we made the show and I lived near the Jane Street and I'd go over often and watch the first half hour of the show or so. Mm. I watched it over and over because I just really liked – I like checking in on the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But – uh, I really liked the show and those songs. It just, those are terrific shows. And it was fun to see whoever was um, performing, you know. Anyway, uh, y- you light up my life. We couldn't get the rights. Yeah. And we were like, we were pressuring. Steven was like, oh, I got it right, so I got it right. It was getting closer and closer and closer to the Jane Street production. John, meanwhile, had kind of, Larry Kramer helped him get the rights for like, mm-hmm. Some, a few hundred bucks a week we could do it. And so it was like, should we do that? But, but everything else was original music. Exactly. And finally, Stephen was like, I wrote a song. So we all went to this little, we all went to this little uh, studio in Midtown, which had these steep stairs where we all kind of sat and looked down on Steven and Steven had his guitar and he played Midnight Radio, which he didn't really have the words and he kind of sang it like Bowie Dylan Mm -hmm. and we all, he sang it and he finished and it was a little acoustic and um, it was a sketch of a song. And we all kind of afterward, like there were like six or seven of us there. We looked at each other and we're like, well, OK, that's <laughs> going to be the song. <laughs> so there, there it is. But I think it's a much more rigorous. Clearly, it's a much more rigorous piece with um, with all his work. And that's such a great song, too. Mr. patty Like yeah. whale. Song, we started teching the show at the Jane. This is the kind of thing I have input on, or always have it. And the the song ended. Da-da, he would play da-da-da. And that was the end of the last note. It's like, uh, like a quarter beat. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, that was like the end Mm -hmm. of this big show. So I go up and stay and say, like, Stephen... You know, that last note, that should be like the end of a, of a concert at Madison Square Garden, you know? Mm-hmm. That should really play out and drums and hold the chord. And so they do it again, and, he, and they'd be like, ba-da-ba. And I'd be like, all right, that's better. <laughs> but like, really <laughs> let that note. And then it just became like a longer and longer yeah big thing. And now I like the Broadway thing. It just plays forever. Um, but it was great. Then I did productions and... Um, we had all those people come through. Within a year, we did a production in Boston, which was not great. Kevin was in it. was amazing. Yeah. But the location okay. and just the vibe of the thing wasn't great. Uh, but he was so beautiful. We did a production in L.A. with Michael that was one of the best. Um, it was at the Henry Fonda. Uh, one of the best shows I saw was when Michael was there. Michael was terrific. Was yeah. Always very dependable and just terrific. And he was great uh, in the L.A. production. We could not give those tickets away in any of these cities because um, we took it to London. We did it in Chicago. Michael did it in London again. We'd say, you know, at the time we talked about it, Rock and Roll Drag Queen... And the rock and roll part, rock and roll theater, people's eyes would just glaze over. (laughs) And then you'd say drag queen and their eyes would glaze over some more. And you'd say rock and roll drag queen and it's just like they were just asleep. Like we just couldn't get people interested in any of that, you know. Mm -hmm. And all those shows, those shows are also a little rocky as productions. Because later cities had their own local Hedwigs with people they Mm. knew locally. Mm -hmm. Like Portland and Seattle and San Francisco and then then L.A. and then London, all those cities. And that's kind of where I think the seeds were sown of the show. And then finally the movie came out. Yeah. And people learned about it through the movie and the soundtrack. And uh, Because then by the time many years later we get to uh, – we open the doors for uh, – at the booth. Not the booth. At the Belasco yeah. Yeah. with Neil. Mm-hmm. And just – People poured in with Solid Every Night and they knew that show so yeah. well. And that had never in all those productions I did. But this was like ninety-eight through two thousand. I guess I
2: know so many people in LA. I mean I grew up in LA and so many of my LA friends, not just theater people, love Hedwig. Mm-hmm. But I think they all came to it after the movie.
1: There was a I think there was a production at celebration, you know, with local people mm-hmm. and uh, Production was like a copy of a New York thing, and it probably wasn't. This might have not. Can say there was a better. We had such good Hedwigs, but I think those were probably more accessible. Yeah, productions. Well, it's also. I mean,
2: that that article that I wrote about it, I kind of tr- went into it a little bit, but I think that uh, yeah. the degree of like how busted or fabulous Hedwig is, mm-hmm. it it resonates in different ways in the show, if Hedwig is a success or not. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I, that's one of the things I think is cool about the movie is that seeing him in those different venues, <laughs> yes. you know, the different mm-hmm. bilgewaters across the yes. country. Yes. You know? and, and, and it is like that Sandra movie, uh, Without You Have Nothing, in terms yes. of when the audience in the bilgewater is not into the act, you know, and he's yes. car washing over the old uh, like, yeah, couple yeah. eating their yeah. soup, you know. Yeah. But I mean, it, I think that might be part of the issue then, is like, if you see a local production... It, there's like an organic truth to it, or something, whereas mm-hmm. if a big national tour feeling comes in, and it's a, it's Michael Servetus it as a Tony yeah. or whatever. It's and a those different
1: sh- our thing. shows were a little grander and bigger, and I know people had a problem with that on Broadway. It's like, why is Hedwig doing like such a polished Broadway? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just the show we made. But I think those local productions were a little scrappier because yeah. they mm-hmm. were in clubs, and it, it, probably for a lot of people, that kind of production makes a little more sense. Mm-hmm. But we're Broadway workers, and we made a Broadway show. Yeah. Now, you hadn't done any Broadway shows yet when you did Hedwig? Oh, no. I had done uh,
2: – Hedwig was just a few years ago. No, no. I mean I the Hedwig. off-Broadway
1: Hedwig. Oh, no, no, no. My first Broadway show was in – ninety. it was 20 years ago. was this um, play that Joey Tillinger directed, who I'm working with now, at the um, Helen Hayes. And it, it was at the. Um, we did it in San Diego at the Old Globe, and it was a terrible play with a really good cast. <laughs> and they said this is going to go to Broadway, and I was like, no, <laughs> this fucking thing is going to Broadway. And it went to Broadway, and it was all. It was uh, not. It's just not a very good play, but it was great. I knew like this is going to run a minute. Mm-hmm. No one's going to see it, and I can learn how to do a Broadway show. Mm. Like I didn't. I had no delusions that, like, oh, my God, I'm going to be nominated for Tony and so many more shows. i would like, this is going to be so under the radar. And I just learned how to do a show, you know? I mean, I was still learning how to light, but I learned how to work with a – I just learned how to do a Broadway show with that. Uh, I will say it was kind of a woman's show. <laughs> On Wednesday matinees, there used to be these matinee ladies who'd shop at – they'd shop at department stores. And they'd mm-hmm. come in to the shows with – there's huge shopping bags. <laughs> yeah. And that show the played <laughs> ladies lunch. What's that? <laughs> totally, they kind of disappeared. That show played so well mm. for that audience; they just loved that show. And like every beat, that would just die painfully. What was early. the show? It was called. Um, oh god! It was called uh, "Getting and Spending." Oh, I remember that title. Yeah, they were at the same time. at uh, New York theater workshop was uh, shopping and fucking. Yeah, 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 totally shopping and <laughs> fucking. Uh, right at the same time, getting, and spending, terrible play. Yeah, did Catherine and Zeta Jones bought the rights too? Oh wow! <laughs> like for movie? I believe so, which never wow. Oh o- wow, occurred, but I was she got distracted. <laughs> it was a, actually a really good women's women's film. Linda Pearl. It was actually a really good women's story for film. Mm-hmm. But as a play, trying to find an audience in New York at the Times. And so was what, not what was your next uh, Broadway show after that? Oh, uh, might have been a class act. Really? Mm. I know, right? Uh, right around that, I don't know. You seemed like such an established Had a gabbler, perhaps? Thing. No, because okay, I class. had done, had a, we, I did two shows of The Ambassador before Chicago moved in. So it was class act and had a gatherer. that the Kate Burton? Yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. did that all over the place. Uh, that was with The Ambassador. Around that time, I did quite a few shows. I did Michael. I did this thing with Kevin Bacon that we'd done in the old Globe. I mean, at La Jolla Playhouse. Um, there were a lot of shows in a short amount of time. That Were you like, this is awesome. I'm becoming this, like,
2: Broadway lighting designer. This is exactly. No,
1: these were all kind of like slightly (laughs) on-the-radar shows, you know, (laughs) shows that, like, ran for a a short amount of time. Yeah. Uh, Then I did Take Me Out. Mm. We did Take Me Out, Rehearsed to the public, did Donmar, came back to the public, beautiful staging at the Ansparker, and then did on Broadway. You know, that was a big deal. Yeah. One best play, and show one, and... um, and ran for a long time, right? There was
2: replacements
1: we and did run for a year, or over a year. Is so that the Walter Kerr? I'm going to say yes. I think that mm, is true. I think it's the only show I've done there. Yes.
2: I remember I used to go to the gym in the um, Holiday Inn there, the New York uh-huh. Sports Club, and the, <laughs> some of the guys from the cast
1: would be there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those were great guys. Those were really yeah. nice guys. Yeah. That was <laughs> a really nice cast. What was the really hot one? To I think to he was a real um he's,
2: he's somebody's brother. I don't it's know. Kit Cole... Cole S- Skipsetis
1: Sudeth. is that how you say his name? Oh, you know, he was a tall fellow. Yeah, big yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh. Guy, he was no, 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 He room. was in the original. He was uh, he was in it from the beginning. He was. Yeah, they all had names for each other. Should I tell you? And he <laughs> was, oh, was like big droopy something. Or I don't. Yeah, know. <laughs> he was. He was a beautiful, I, beautiful I should, man. I shouldn't say that. He about. was a very nice young man. Well, and well and was O'Hare a really nice cast. Too. And What's that? Dennis
2: O'Hare, and I think Fred Weller worked out there too. Oh, yeah. I'd That's see them all. uh
1: No, I did a lot of solo shows. I kept doing solo shows. Like I did Eve Insler's show on Broadway and mm-hmm. Leguizamo's show on Broadway and Eddie Smith downtown and Boghossian downtown. I was doing those solo shows, but some of those were and on did Broadway. You, did you do the Bogosian show at the Jane Street? After yes. That? I, taught, I remember seeing Wake that. up and smell the coffee, yeah. perhaps? Yeah, yeah. I think that was right after.
2: Yeah. I don't know what was after. There was the, a few I things the and rumor. the... Um, Debbie does Dallas.
1: Tick, tick, boom. Was there a long right. time? Yes. And yeah.
2: Think, did you do tick, tick, boom? No, no,
1: no. That I seems very we Kevin the... Adams, but yeah,
2: it wasn't. Wasn't the <laughs> Kevin Adams type.
1: Yeah, <laughs> was not. Uh, that was the uh, that was there. We were uh, did the right after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I did all kinds of things um, that people saw some or didn't see some. Uh, I did this thing called Latino Logs that ran for five minutes. But uh it was all these Telemundo huge stars. Like we went out to LA to see them perform in this big venue and the audience was literally it was all in Spanish. And the audience was literally standing on their chairs screaming at the stage, wow. like two thousand people. As like, I don't know what's going on here, but I have to be a part of this. Yeah. And we did it at the Haze and it ran for like, you know, Day. Cheech Marin directed it. Oh, my God. And uh, it was an experience. On Broadway in Spanish. I think that was a little half and half, and they couldn't find an audience. And there was a little more English. It wasn't nearly as thrilling as what we saw. What theater in L.A. was it at? Was either. I used to, my Ellie, I forgot my Ellie. It was either the Wilshire or the Wiltern. It's that bigger one that's down near downtown on the corner. Oh, right yeah. The subway. The, the, uh, the Wiltern. That's where we just did um, Countess Luann's <laughs> show. That's a the big theater, right? Yeah. That's a big, like. Sh- I had only yeah.
2: ever been there to, like, a, not oh, a rave, really, but like a a party. Like a
1: dance party? Dance yeah. party thing there. Yeah, I had never sure. seen it with seats before. Yeah, Sinead O'Connor. You see people like yeah. that there then. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was so cool to work on. It was, I knew it was like really slumming, but. (laughs) I mean, but it was sold out, sold out at the Well Turn. Oh my God, it was such an amazing experience. Then in LA, we just, I mean, here, just they couldn't find an audience. And Cheech split. I've worked a few times with film directors, and they cannot, they go insane repeating rehearsal. Mm. I mean, literally, it drives them insane. Yeah. Spike Jones, I mean, Spike Lee, and. uh, Uh, Cheech left which Spike Lee he came in and filmed Passing Strings oh right right. we did uh, we did a few days of rehearsals and it drove him insane to repeat things just the same as Cheech we had a few I can't believe I'm talking about Latino logs who cares we had a few days of previews and Cheech just left town (laughs) he just couldn't stand their repetition of rehearsal Mm. wow well that's the that's the process Yes. I mean, we need that, right? Um, yeah, because you rehearse one thing and it's like, then you see the thing before it or three things after don't work, then you have yeah. to fix those, and then that affects the things before and after. And, blah, blah, and isn't blah, blah, it always blah. like there's
2: hidden problems in the tech stuff if it doesn't happen in order? Then yeah, all kinds things of things. Yeah, and you flipped.
1: try to explain that to Spike Lee. It's yeah. like, <laughs> I don't care. We're going to do yeah. this one more time. I cannot stand to do this again. Please, can we, we're moving on. It's like, cool. all right, but I'm telling you. It's like, ah. But he's like, it's like you know. What do you say? It's like, it's, Lee. no, he's amazing. It's yeah,
2: thrilling to be there with him. So, um, well, Passing Strange is another very cool, like rock and roll kind of musical.
1: Yeah. Thing. By that time, I had hit like, I mean, I did uh, Spring Awakening. Yeah. like A year and a half before another that. Big yeah, that kind of made me a thing. Yeah. So, what did it feel like to be a thing? Um. It was great because I was doing the thing I had been kind of working on for years, which was like a big pop rock mm-hmm. musical that employ these sort of space light mm-hmm. uh, uh, sculptures, which I lived with in my home. You know, all that stuff you see in Spring Awakening, Yeah, my home life looked like. Mm. Uh, and that was just right up my alley. Michael knew that was up my alley because he had seen things I had done and that just set us on a... That started at all and then I won the Tony right away but immediately um, w- all these shows overlap uh, next to normal <sighs> passing strange and I call that a little trilogy of pop rock light, yeah, light, right? for sure. pop rock light bulb musicals because they were heavy with the all that stuff I use or used to use um, yeah it was re- it was a
2: really cool time I mean it's funny because my impression of you all these years I feel like talking to you it does not. It hasn't changed it at all. Like I think of you as just this very, not Zen, but like <laughs> very like just this artist that is just into the work and like living mm-hmm. your life and not like hung up in like a lot of like
1: show business anxiety and oh I'm uptight. And, uh, <laughs> where where what are, I'm uptight. I wouldn't say all that, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have a life outside of theater and do things, and yeah. I mean, what what uh do, do yes.
2: you do you? fantasize about like the next things you do or do you oh i've never kind of had any
1: any sort of i just i never had goals or plans or i just sort of tried to take each day mm-hmm. when i started my goals were like, i really had i mean i knew about Broadway shows because i listened to Chorus Line mm-hmm. and Whiz, and you know i mean but awesome. even though those are the coolest like 1970s mm-hmm. like yeah yeah well there wasn't much Else at the time to listen to. I well, mean, you didn't say no, 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 that or like. No, no, that know? was later in my life that I found <laughs> those things. But <laughs> no, when you're in high school, those are the things you gravitate toward. Yeah. So I knew about Broadway, but I never thought like I'm going to move to New York and work on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And I-, I never thought that shows that I would like would be on Broadway and that people would want to go see them. Mm-hmm. You know, I never thought like the weirdo. Things that interested me. Well,
2: going back to, like, Jesus Christ Superstar, you must have known once you got obsessed with it that it was a big hit
1: on Broadway. Yeah, I suppose. Yes, a big hit. I mean, I don't think I knew quite what all that was yet because it was 11. But I mean, it was like a thing. It was a Broadway show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a movie. And I probably didn't know that it was a Broadway show Hmm. because I don't know how I would have known that. Right, there's not even... Not really. Hair, I certainly knew that Hair was a Broadway show.
2: But you weren't like, I want to work on Broadway on hair.
1: You fantasize. Listen, my go- Michael Mayer and I joke about this all the time. Like, the only goal we ever had was to win Best Actress Academy Award. <laughs> you know, that's the only goal, real goal I ever had. And the other day we sort of admitted to each other, like, it's probably not going to happen. Well... But we're- I'm holding on. Um, that's the only goal I ever had. But, no, I just here- – my goal was I wanted to work with people I like mm-hmm. on shows I like. Mm-hmm. So now I do – Half of one of those, usually. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's still my... Have uh, you said no to any shows that you liked? I'd be sitting here... Yeah, the last few years... Because of the people, I mean. Oh, perhaps. And music. There's just music. I would be sitting here on a gold chair... Right now, because of a thing, few things in the last few. Years. Are the are those like oh. if you get in, uh, offered like a rock tour or something or a pop
2: act? Like, is that like really big money? That that it's like I that's can not tell you because I haven't. I mean, that's haven't been offered those things, and mm-hmm. I don't know. But it seems like that's a natural thing, though. A lot of like theater lighting people go and start designing. Like for, I think like, so. Dion yeah. I think and, younger
1: people who are who those roads open. Sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just am so. I love making shows. Yeah. I love show folk. Yeah. I love doing commercial show. I love opening the doors and see who comes through the doors mm. and how they react to the show. I love, mm-hmm. you know, I, after I do a show, I unless I just am over everyone. Thing, yeah. And, and if I don't like the songs. But I'll always go back just to see who's mm-hmm. – I love to watch people watching these shows. Yeah. I like who's there? How are they reacting? Are people there? Oh, my God. There's a lot of people. That's cool. Oh, my God, no one's here. Uh, yay, wow. yay. I used to go to, like I said, to Hedwig at the Jane Street. And that was a hard sell. Like during the week, you'd see the, the, the New York Times ladies or the New York Times audiences there. And and it wasn't packed. What does that mean, people that are only there? I think people from you. the, I'm going to say people from the upper <laughs> East um, or West Side right. who heard about it and came That's down. That's a Sandra bit. Isn't and it? there weren't many people. And those shows weren't packed. Yeah. And I, I saw that show a lot. I'm going to say Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I, people are going to say, like, I was there and Tuesday was packed. P- probably so. Those shows weren't packed. Weekends were packed. Yeah. And we just kept that show open for two and a half years, mostly because of this press fellow who worked his ass off on that show. And kept who who was the Um, that? Was his name um, he's such a nice guy, and he moved. Is Matthew Morrison a performer?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's not his Matthew name. Matthew Murphy? Is that a person? John Morrison? I don't know. Somebody Morrison. Such a nice guy. Again, Morrison. And he left town, but he, we all knew that he single-handedly like, kept that thing open for Two and a half years.
2: I mean, I always used to go to the, the rush tickets for like f-
1: the late shows on Fridays
2: and Saturdays. It oh, was cool. like Friday at 11 and Saturday at midnight or something like that. Yeah. So it was like $20. But it, so then when I went, it was always packed. So I never saw that. Yeah,
1: that's where Brian York, uh, Brian Yorkie, that's where a lot of people kept going back. Mm-hmm. And was Brian those. Yorkie a. Um, oh, he saw it many, Headhead. many. I have met so many people who saw it many, many, many times. Yeah, yeah. But I think those are the shows that people would go to. Mm-hmm. I would. I went to watch Sondheim. I watched Sondheim watch the show. Mm-hmm. I, like, mm-hmm. stared at him. Because it was a big deal when he came to watch her. And he just chuckled all the way through. The, the
2: one show. time I, uh, when I was working with Lonnie and we were doing Sweeney Todd uh, at the Ravinia Festival and Steve was there and it was, mm-hmm. like, you know, in the burbs. And mm-hmm. we were all just there. Yeah, I did a lot of those. Movies. And we were, um, Steve said to, uh, Lonnie said to me, do you have any pot? I was like, what? I, was like, <laughs> I have it in the car. He's like, Steve wants to smoke. <gasps> so all of a sudden I was, like, out on the, like, yeah. Lawn of the Ravinia uh-huh. Festival with Lonnie and Steve. Oh, my God. And it was, like, my one moment, you know, uh-huh. that I wasn't, like, bringing him a New York Times or a coffee or something. Here's your marijuana. And so marijuana. I was like, what
1: did you think of Hedwig, Steve? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was like, all I wanted to know is this show that I love so much. Oh, he, yeah. he appreciate it. And he said, like, oh, well, I, I really respected the work, but I couldn't relate to the music.
1: Uh, he uh, – actually, I remember he couldn't – as many people couldn't. He couldn't understand the words. Yeah. A lot of people when they came to – it was a rock musical and a lot of – I'm sure people, I didn't the first time, but then it yeah. was the album. You learn it yeah. and then you know what they're – yeah, yeah. But he – I remember very well – he had such a good time watching the show. But I remember he told – someone touched bass afterward and he said he couldn't understand the words. And yeah. So um, Bowie came. Oh, Bowie really. came and really enjoyed it. He only came once, but he paid for our LA production. We were working <gasps> for David Bowie oh, my God. and someone else, but he he didn't come see it, but he paid for it. And he told this is John's story to tell, but he yeah. told John, uh, yeah, yeah, I shouldn't say that. He said <laughs> he met, he called John, or he had John come see him, and uh, he said, "This is John." He said, "Velvet Goldmine," get it, didn't. Do it right. You got it right. Yes. So that's John's story to tell. But anyway.
0: Um, okay, so we just have like five minutes, so I just want to make oh sure. Oh, my God. Oh, we have to play the game. Well, but I want to make sure just yeah, tie game. it back into JCS right Games. quick. Yeah. So Jesus Christ Superstar. So you don't still listen to it?
1: I couldn't. No. Uh, uh-uh. I listened to a chorus. That first recording of a chorus line, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I listened to a lot of stuff that... I've, in the past 15 years, explored more like mm-hmm. Gypsy, Various Gypsy, mm-hmm. Tyne Daily Gypsy, you know, all kinds yeah. of shows. Tyne Daily Gypsy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For good measure. And, you know, I live with a man who has a huge, He has. we have a record player. Are you and Jim still together? Yeah. Okay. He has all those records yeah. and he knows those shows better than I and we'll play, I'll I'll go and find the records and I'll put them on and Golden Rainbow is amazing. I oh, yeah. Oh, we love Golden Rainbow. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, course line is something that I'll, I usually pull a, an album out and play it for a week. I'll just leave it on cause it's mm. hard to change, <laughs> but that I'll play like a week every year cause that is such yeah. like, just remarkable. Oh reporting. yeah. Um, but Jesus Christ Superstar, I don't think I could listen to those songs and I actually watched the movie for years. I couldn't watch the movie cause I just, but I watched it a year ago and actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. I think it's a great movie. There's a lot of great. He did that Norman Jewison did such a beautiful job and it's beautifully art. That same director did Tommy did that and I think it's I think it's a nice looking film. Yeah. Beautifully filmed.
0: When you listen to the music does it transport you back to that <laughs> <little> kid,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh my god.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: probably in those drama theater parties where we would just scream those songs, we would sing those songs so loudly at each other and grease and oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 act the songs out. Yes, what's um, the game? Okay, let's play our game. But okay. I could not. If you played some of those cuts now, I would. They're it's, it's so gruesome. To listen to them. <laughs> How I'm, is it gruesome? Oh, it's just dreadful. I don't know. It's just so. Uh,
0: but I will say, I say I have cheesy. not listened to it that much. But I listened to it a lot this week, and a lot of those songs are like. Ear candy. It's like they just yeah, sound so, so good. Oh, yeah, they get absolutely. in there and you just can't stop singing.
1: Yeah, yeah Vida's the same. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean those songs just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not. It's it's remarkable work. All right, this is. the- I love the orchestra. Andre Previn conducted blah. the first. And the first Broadway show I ever saw was I saw the last preview of Dream Dreamgirls. Oh yes, you mentioned that. What a what
2: a first show. What a first show. Okay, so it's along the lines of Mary Fuck Hill. Um, but it's <laughs> gayer. It's called Dolly Dolly Concert than... Kill. Uh-huh. What could be gayer than that? We'll give you it's three performers. What? Dolly Concert Kill.
1: I don't understand the game. We're going to give you three games. performers. Three huh? performers.
2: Yes. You have to choose which of them you would like to see as Dolly Levi on Broadway, oh. which one you would see in a concert at the peak of their career, oh. and which you would kill. Uh, so we're going to choose the three performers. Okay? I think his Most performers are Sandra Bernard, Bernard. Oh, and uh, John Cameron Mitchell. Well, yeah, sure. John and um, for a third, uh,
0: let's see. What's, Jennifer Holiday. <laughs> Great, yeah. I don't, don't want to
1: kill any of those people. Oh, well, I that's a the good There's know, no he, tears in baseball. I'd love to see John or Jennifer Holiday, dude. Hello, Dolly would just be so awesome. You have to choose one. Um, and what's the other one? Mary? One, no, no, no marriage. There's murder. What
2: casting in Dolly? Oh, performing and, and, singing and singing singing well, concert. I would definitely
1: want to see Sandra. I that's such a special time to me, right. so I would want to see her concert. Right? Yeah. I would want to see, and I have to kill someone. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to kill John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've Jennifer, enough, have, Jennifer Holiday uh, as Dolly, as, as, um, as Dolly Levi, or John. Well, I don't want to kill now, Jennifer so. Holliday. I don't know her. It's not She's looking so good. And she's not personal. So pretty. It's, it's showbidness. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to kill John and see her in Hello Dolly. Like, tomorrow I'd go see her. Excellent. Please. Sorry, whatever. All right, All right, well, maybe she replace Carly Carmelo. <laughs> Anything's possible. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Do you have any
0: <laughs> other things you want to plug? Oh, yeah, do you want to plug any Social media, anything? I'm doing
1: Operas of the Met, Aida, and... Oh, they said you said uppers at the Met first. Operas. <laughs> operas at the Met. You can do yes. both. No uppers. Yeah. I did then a play uh, with Fade Dunaway. I'm working on <gasps> a play with Faye Dunaway. Wait. Wait is this is um, uh, the
2: T at, at five? Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, do you have any exciting. quick
0: Faye stories? Just, like, really quick.
1: I uh, will come back and... All right. We're going to have you back yeah, for, for the, the Faye, Faye Dunaway T. It's Faye Dunaway playing uh, an older Catherine Hepburn. Fabulous. So <laughs> it's um, We're going to see what it is it's Very exciting <laughs> So it's totally cool
2: All right, We love goodness, you Kevin. Thank
0: you
1: Thanks for
2: listening to Ben Rimelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World For more episodes visit Broadway
0: World, iTunes, Stitcher Or wherever podcasts do be <laughs> Come back next week For America's coast to coast Dolly Levi, Broadway superstar Carolee Carmelo after Lee, we begin our special Winter in a Summer Town
2: mini-season, featuring the most fabulous talents from Provincetown and Fire Island, including Faith Prince, Pixie Aventura, and Varla Jean Merman.
0: This episode was recorded at CDM Studios in New York City and was edited by me, Daniel Nolan. Thanks to Emmy-winning composer and lyricist Lance Horn for the Broken Records theme song. Follow us both, Ben Remelauer and Daniel Nolan, on all y'all's socials. That's Ben Remelauer. B-E-N-R-I-M...
2: A-L-O-W-E-R. And that's Nolan with an E, not Nolan with an A. Because Nolan with an A is not
0: it?: Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work